Revenue marketers need to stop focusing so much on measuring revenue. Laugh all you want, but this is something that our guest Islam Gouda argues in today's episode of the Let's Talk Revenue Marketing podcast, brought to you by the Revenue Marketing Alliance. So, buckle your seatbelts, grab your notepads and get ready for a thought-provoking discussion between host Paul Sweeney and expert marketer Islam Gouda that's bound to challenge your perspectives on current revenue marketing processes. Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Revenue Marketing Podcast. Thank you for your company today, as ever. Today we're joined by Islam Gouda, who, who posits that we as revenue marketers should worry a little bit less about revenue and broaden how we measure success. Before we get our teeth into this subject, Islam, hello. Thank you for joining us today. Why don't you spend a moment or two just introducing yourself to the listeners? Thank you very much, Paul. Uh, my name is Islam Gouda. Um, uh, I've been living in Dubai for the past 30 years. I graduated from the American University of Sharjah. I worked in MasterCard International as Senior Marketing and Business Analyst for the Middle East and Africa region. Then I worked in Emirates Transport as a Marketing Manager. And then I landed a job in Abu Dhabi where I headed the marketing for Massar Solutions. And I'm currently doing a master's and public interest in media communications in Florida State University. Um, so that's that's basically me in a nutshell. Um, what interested me in, in revenue marketing is basically that it um, bridges the gap between sales and marketing. So in revenue marketing, um, you're not only particularly caring about um, above the line or below the line activities like you are doing in marketing, and not you are not creating or, or you're not um, uh, being interested only in um, generating sales uh, or converting the sales uh, through the sales activities. You are balancing the equation between both sales and marketing uh, in a way that um, you are getting the best of out of both worlds. So revenue marketeers are very crucial in any organization, and I think it's a paramount position for any um for any organization that's whether it's a startup or whether it's an SME or whether it's a medium to large kind of organization. And I think that any organization needs to have such positions in place so that they can be benefiting on the long run for the revenue that they're generating. Awesome. Thanks for that, Islam, and welcome again to the podcast. Now, revenue marketing as an industry, if we can call it that, is pretty nascent and it's exact definition is still up for grabs, I think. So I think this is a timely topic to discuss. But just so I can set the baseline for everyone who's listening, I think most folk who work in and around this field interpret it as revenue marketing to mean the process of identifying marketing channels that offer revenue growth and aligning sales and marketing efforts with revenue, ultimately. I guess the theory behind this practice, as you just alluded to, is that it forms or encourages marketing and the marketing team and sales team to work together in service to revenue. Everyone pulls in the same direction with a unified data set to support it. But you take a slightly different view, or I guess you want to broaden that definition somewhat. So why don't you tell us why we've got this wrong so far? Um, to be honest with you, um, it's not all about revenue that uh, the most important thing in any organization. So revenue is important, but it's not only about revenue. I mean, think about it like when there's a merger and acquisition between both two companies and one company is evaluating the other company in terms of its assets, 
um, it does not only look at revenue as one factor to evaluate that company. There are many factors to come in mind by the acquirer. For example, there is the market share, there's the company's assets, there's the churn rate of the customers. I mean, it's not only about the revenue. There's there's many businesses, there are many businesses around the world that did not achieve their target revenue even and did not break even, uh, such as Uber. Um, these companies work to foster the economic foundation of the worldwide economy, secure jobs and acquire market share. Hopefully in the future, they will be making profit. Uh, or revenue, but like uh, for now, they focus solely on 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 uh, on other aspects such as market share and valuation. Um, I mean, no company in the world uh, or an entrepreneur will will ever think of opening a business if they only think about the revenue. Established companies, though, um, revenue marketing is important. Uh, they have a metric uh, in marketing uh, departments which is crucial like as a return on investment, uh, which is not particularly pertaining to revenue. It keeps a balance between the sales and the marketing department and drives away the concept that marketing is not doing much except for ATL and BTL, and that sales are the bread earners in the company, which is a faulty concept. Sales is crucial, but the products are being developed, uh, developed by the marketeers. How customers should be targeted and acquired is done by the marketeers and how to ensure business continuity is done by the sales activities overseed by the marketeers. Sales achieve their targets based on the overall vision of the marketing department and specifically revenue marketing. But revenue is not the only metric again when evaluating a company. So it's not the main thing that it keeps a balance, but it's not the main criteria. So I guess my question, Islam, is if not revenue, then what? You've spoken about ROI. Can we get into the specifics of what other things, or what what cohort of things should we be measuring to introduce a more holistic picture? Yeah, I mean, I mean, any company in the world is not like not necessarily any company in the world is making revenue. I mean, revenue is part of the profit generation uh, mechanism, but like it's not it's not crit. Like you can be making revenue, but you cannot be making. Um, I mean, it's not the main metric to be to measure the success rate of any company or any marketing activity. Return on investment, on the other hand, is measured by um, something that re relates to digital, relates to the activities that's, that's done by the marketing department or the sales. There are measurable, um, uh, accurate kind of uh, metrics that can provide an indication of how the company is doing. But revenue per se, for its own criteria is not an, um, uh, a, a metric that provides companies or individuals even with an insight of how the company is doing. It's a mere um, amount of money that has been, and been generated. And uh, there is, of course, expenses, there's overhead, there is, um, there, is, uh, there is capital, there's many, many, many other metrics that, that can uh, you can evaluate the company with, but not necessarily revenue. Return on investment is one of them. And of course, um, there is the churn rate of the customers. So if you have a revenue, but your customers are churning uh, heavily, it means that um, there is something wrong in this equation. So people should not, or marketeers should not only focus on revenue as a metric when they assist the activities of a company or when they are venturing into new activities in the company. I think one of the problems that revenue marketing sets out 
to solve for was the misalignment between marketing and sales, marketing pulling in one direction, sales pulling in another, and both looking at different sets of data. Marketing looking at their data and saying, hey, everything's going great. Sales looking at their data saying, well, from a sales perspective, everything's going great, but what are the marketing guys doing? I, the reason that I like revenue as an indicator is that at the very least, it gets sales and marketing in the same room and agreeing on a set of data. If not revenue, then what do we measure that both parties can look at and determine whether a particular quarter, a particular month, a particular financial year has been a success? I mean, Paul, revenue only is an indicator on the state of the company, whether a startup, a mature company, or a declining company. It's not the best metric for success. It gives an indication on which stage of the innovation curve the company is in and on what's its status in the marketplace. But it's not the best metric to provide you an insight on how the company is doing overall in the marketplace. There is market share. There is, um, uh, for example, the um, uh, churn rate, as I mentioned before. Um, there are many metrics, but not necessarily revenue marketing. Revenue marketing is good, as I said, in keeping the balance between sales and, and, and the marketing department. But it's not the only metric or indication. There are many metrics, and as I have mentioned before, that can be effective on providing you the state or synopsis on how the company is doing, but not only the revenue. Revenue is only a bigger metric on how uh, um, the organization is doing overall, but it's not the particularly something that you can take per se as on the state of the company, you cannot, when you buy a company, you do not see its revenue only. You see other metrics as you see um, how the company is doing in terms of its customers, how they are retaining their customers, market share, how their expansion rate, um, their reputation in the marketplace, and so on and so forth. This is the most important metric. There's um, many metrics that basically can evaluate the company better than revenue. Revenue is good in keeping balance between sales and marketing. That's it. Yeah, yeah. What if there's a distinction to make here between finding balance? I like that description. You're right. It's, a, it's, it's an equalizer. It seeks to find balance. And that's the reason that, um, you know, as I touched on that, I like it as a metric because I think um, that balance was misaligned previously. Um, your example of, um, you know, approaching this from an investment perspective or even, you know, if you look to acquire a company, you look at a broad set of metrics, I completely accept that. You would you would not only look at revenue, right? You're interested in profitability, you're interested in market share. Um, I just wonder, to what extent are the marketing and sales or that interested in those other metrics? Are they that interested in profitability? To what extent do they drive profitability or is that a management, CEO, you know, board, board, you know, board problem rather than a marketing and sales problem? I mean, uh, it's by the way, um, marketing and sales they have their own internal metrics, but there is other metrics for um, success that the management considers. Like, uh, for example, KPIs that each department is is handling and how they are approaching the market and how they are penetrating specific mar markets or specific type of companies. Um, I mean. There has to be a synergy between both marketing and sales and management. Uh, marketing provides the scene or creates the scene for the sales uh, to convert uh, into converts uh, the the customers into into real customers. And management is overseeing this relationship by keeping the balance, providing revenue marketing 
activities in addition to providing KPAs for measurement. So I, the most important thing in any relationship between two, both departments, specifically as crucial as the sales and the marketing, is the balance kept by the management, is how the management is approaching these kind of departments. Um, some, some management, some companies, even they have merged both positions. They have a sales and marketing manager position. They don't have a sales and a marketing department. Some companies, they have sales department, they have marketing departments, they have product marketing departments. And some companies like Steve Jobs company, which is Apple, they don't have any departments at all. They, have, um, they don't have even committees. They have this person is in charge of marketing, this person is in charge of, um, is in charge of uh, innovation, this person is in charge of Apple, uh, iPhone. Uh, it's the biggest startup in the world. I mean, Look at these examples. It's a very successful company and structure. So um, looking at Apple and Amazon and all of these big companies, you don't have uh, um, departments intersecting into their um, main goals and objectives. They have one goal and objective, which is to achieve high, um, high rate of return for the company, in addition to declining or decreasing the churn rate for the customers. That's the main objective for any large um, 100 fortune 100 company uh, these are best practices in the market and i think that they are doing good for a reason okay switching gear a little bit do you think this has got anything to do with how a individual company is capitalized or financed so if we take uh, one end of the scale which is the kind of venture capital end of the market right you're a startup you're looking for series a series b funding that gives you an opportunity to measure things other than revenue right because what you're interested in then and ultimately what your rev what your venture capital you know investors are looking for is market expansion that can down the line be monetized and turned into revenue if you compare that i guess to perhaps say an older company that's already gone through the venture capital round they are self-funding i would probably suggest that the older company is more interested and has a keen eye on revenue and that as an indicator is very important then, right because it's the lifeblood of their organization it pays the wages it funds the marketing department it keeps the lights on right whereas the venture capital firms that invest in companies are looking for just expand as quickly as you can and we'll make you you know we'll, we'll worry about the profitability later down the line the problem isn't that one size fits all here but do you see a comparison between those business models right one that where revenue you could say that can come from down the line, just create a product, create a great product, and get it into as many hands as possible, versus the kind of legacy companies, bigger companies, where we need this revenue because it's the lifeblood of what we do. I mean, uh, small companies and big companies, they have totally different visions in terms of how they approach the marketplace. Uh, big companies, they have um, um, overhead, they have uh, salaries to pay, they have... Um, taxes to pay, they have many things to pay for. So they are looking for return on investment for their products and marketing. That's why they are keeping on the radar on, 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 on how to be different in the marketplace always. Sometimes not being different also makes you profit, but that's another, another scenario. Uh, small companies or SMEs or startups, they are looking to um, introduce a new product or service. They are not looking, they don't have overhead. They don't have any, like they have factional employees and they have um, they have some sort of a um, startup mindset, which they are thinking about how innovative the product or service should be. 
So it's a totally different overview for both companies, when both types of companies when thinking about revenue. Revenue for the big company, they are thinking of it as um, as something that will advance them towards being uh, larger and bigger. But like for the revenue for the small companies, it's something that they would like to have as to establish themselves in the marketplace. So it's a totally different approach and and and, and overlook into the market and. If you have a mindset of a startup, then you'll be looking towards uh, being innovative, looking towards being different in a way that generates not only pro revenue, but also profit. So um, in terms of revenue and profit for the small companies, I think that uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a totally different game, ball game, you know. Um, small companies or SMEs, they are, um, they would like to have profit on the on the short run and this is the number one reason for their failure because they think as um, I, I'm, I'm do, I have a company uh, I would like to make profit I would like to create uh, some sort of revenue at the same time that I'm doing business and this is what makes these companies fail uh, in their first year or something because um, as I said before Uber till now did not break even and it's considered a big, a big startup in the company, in the marketplace, right? So if you are venturing, if you are an entrepreneur and you are thinking to venture into the into new market, you have to think of loss. And loss for the long term, like five years, 10 years doing loss, and there is nothing else that you can do except to endure that loss. Established, established companies, on the other hand, they are thinking of how to avoid loss. So by being innovative, by being uh, providing new products and services, by, by being marketing, providing marketing activities that are unique to themselves and being, there is a very uh, interesting article by Harvard Business Survey, it's called the Red Sea and the Red Ocean, sorry, and the uh, Blue Ocean. The red and blue ocean, basically companies who are in the, in the red ocean, they are competing uh, in a bloody way. Um, there's a competition that's very bloody, that uh, it's the ocean that the marketplace is very, is very reddish. Uh, on the other hand, companies like Apple, companies like um, big companies that are innovative like Amazon, they are the ones who are in the blue ocean um, uh, uh, strategy or the blue ocean market where they uh, do not provide services or um, products that are um, uh, following to uh, following the response on on other competitors. They are providing their own innovative products and, and services. In my opinion, for um, companies to be venture uh, to venture on uh, like small companies to venture in new markets, they need to endure loss for a long time. Companies do not think of revenue only. You have to think of how to return on investment. And this return on investment for small companies takes a long time. It's a long time, it's a long cycle, and many, many years of loss. Companies on, on bigger on bigger companies, on the other hand, they are thinking of, of, of how to endure the profit to increase the profit. So it's a totally totally different ball game all 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 at once for these companies. You absolutely did, yeah, yeah. I think it's an interesting, um, you know, perspective to look at those two different business models because you're right. The, the smaller companies are just looking to 
their, their business model is predicated on loss, right? The only reason they survive is by making a loss and the venture capitalist money fills the backlog and that allows them to disassociate themselves from kind of everyday economics. Um, they can disregard revenue for the time being in pursuit of market share and getting their product into as many hands as possible. And, you know, you compare that to established businesses that just need to turn a profit right. I do wonder why revenue marketing as a small industry, I think it, its ground zero is in the SaaS industry. Uh, that's really where it came from. I still think the best companies that, you know, confess or admit to having a revenue marketing approach are still in the SaaS industry. I'm, I'm curious why the SaaS industry is kind of considered ground zero for revenue marketing. When I look at the early adopters of revenue marketing as an approach, they all tend to be SaaS companies. And even when I look today at the companies that are doing revenue marketing really well, they tend to be SaaS companies. Why do you think that's the case? I mean, basically revenue marketing is different from one company to the other. It's um, the model is, I mean, revenue marketing is, and it's, think of it that way. Uh, there's RevOps and there's um, uh, RevOps and there's um, uh, uh, RevOps and, yeah, RevOps. So revenue operation or marketing services. Why these RevOps or revenue marketing is doing well with companies and not doing well with the others? This is, the answer is simple. Uh, basically because of the management and how they approach the revenue marketing techniques. Management, as I said, is a crucial decision maker in the company and they are, uh, when, they, when it comes to companies who are large companies, they have a bureaucracy, a bureaucratic kind of decision-making process. When it's a small company or SMEs, they are, uh, the decision is making instantaneously, but at the same time, it's not a crucial element for SMEs or small companies because basically it's not as the only metric for success. As I said, revenue, there is no revenue for, for uh, SMEs or small companies uh, on, the, on the long run. But the, the advantage they have is that they have instantaneous kind of decision-making process, which allows them to advance in terms of resilience and in terms of how um, flexible they are in, um, in, when making decisions. So I always say that the best kind of companies are the companies or the large companies with a, a startup mindset. So you can have a company that's doing business for a long time and, 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 it's, uh, and it's in the marketplace, but what keeps it moving is the startup mindset, which makes it uh, conquer its uh, its competitors and makes it better and resilient in making decisions, specifically for revenue marketing. I'll give you an example, like for example, Tesla. Tesla is a very well-known automotive company that's considered a new, a new, a new to the marketplace. I mean, uh, Tesla has um, one person who's handling its operations, handling everything in the company, which is Elon Musk. And he's basically being innovative in in all aspects of the doing the business. There is no any kind of uh, like um, conflict in the company where one person says no, we have to do that, and the other person says no, we have to do that. He's doing decisions on a quick basis. He's doing the decisions uh, based on uh, listening to experts and then making decisions that benefit the company. It's considered a startup as well because they have a startup mindset. 
So revenue marketing and, and Elon Musk's uh, Tesla is would be perfectly uh, uh, placed as as a department because basically um, uh, it will it it ha it's a it's a sales uh, it's a sales uh, based company. They don't have a marketing department, and they have and they should have a revenue the marketing department because it gives the balance for the sales. So I think I think of it as always have a sales department, a sales mindset with a startup mindset as well. Make 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 them congruent with each other so that the company can thrive, and everybody in the marketplace can have a win-win situation when dealing with this company. This is probably an unfair question to ask you, Islam, but um, I think I think the reason that many people have gravitated towards revenue marketing is the, is the simpleness of the measurement, right? You measure one thing, it's easy to measure. Once you've got the data in place, you've got the dashboards in place, you can pull this lever and you can see what comes out the other end in terms of the revenue. People like that simplicity and gravitate towards it. Let's say tomorrow you were the CRO of a Fortune 500 company, and I hope that's where you end up. What, what do you measure? What's important to you? If I could perhaps hold a gun to your head and say, you can only measure one thing in this job, for the next six months, what would you choose to measure to find balance, profitability, revenue, and success for your 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 sales and marketing department? I would measure uh, not money. I would measure the uh, happiness of the customers, internally and externally. If the customers are happy internally, it will reflect on the external customers. If the customers are happy externally, it would reflect on the operations of the company. It's a win-win situation. C CMOs or uh, CEOs, when they are measuring um, profit or they are measuring operations or they are measuring anything in the company, they are doing it in the wrong way. They are doing, when a new CEO, for example, takes place, uh, takes over a company and they would like to implement new strategies, they see what the company is losing and what the company is winning in terms of money. But they never look at how how happy the customers are, how happy their internal customers are, how happy their external customers are. It's an equation. Um, basically, I've seen CEOs when they come up to a company, um, they lay off many employees and say we have to cut heads. Um, sorry, to cut to cut overheads. So, um, uh, I mean, you understand what I mean? Uh, to cut overheads so that. You, they, they can decrease on the on the expenses that are coming out of this expenses, which is the many employees they have. But how do you know if 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 cutting an employee would make you uh, a dollar extra without affecting the um, the extra the dollar that's being made by the external customer? This employee has a relationship with the external company with the external customers. This employee has been established in the company for a long time, and, and people, when they are dissatisfied about doing something, they oh it it's it's it spreads like fire in, in the wilderness. Oh, everybody in the company will not be able to do their job in a proper way. They would be afraid to get uh, to lose their jobs. So, in my opinion, as a leader in any company, I will all first I will measure how we are doing in terms of not revenue. Not Troy, in terms of the happiness. This is the success of companies. It's how to make people happy. It's how to bond with them, creating relationships, 
creating a long-lasting um, uh, formulas for success for these companies to endure any kind of problems. I'll give you an example. In COVID, when COVID hit in the world, many companies were not doing money, but companies told some companies told to their to their uh, employees, "We will never let you go. Whatever happens, these companies." Made it, made sure, or or they were made sure that by the employees that they are successful and they work hard, long hours for them, without having a pay, okay, and that's for the benefit of the company because that you know that this company is their home. If you believe that your company is your home and you want one team, one family, you will be doing great in the company. Money comes and goes, companies thrives and companies loses. But it's always about the employees, the human element, which makes us a success. Okay, I like measuring happiness. I mean, as a uh, kind of technical marketer, we would uh, I'd have sleepless nights about how you measure happiness, but um, we can get into that another time. So, I think one of the things you've touched on a lot here is finding balance between sales and marketing. I've spent a lot of my career where there is either a healthy or unhealthy tension between sales and marketing, right? I, when that tension is healthy, I don't see a problem with it. Um, I think receiving feedback, that constant feedback loop from marketing into sales and sales into marketing is a good thing. Um, is there anything you would like to expand on in that area? You know, how can sales and marketing teams work better together? Um, you know, how should they strive for that balance if it's not through just looking at revenue? Well, the most important important aspect when it comes to the relationship between sales and marketing is communication. They should have open channels between both departments, open all the time. They must be willing to cooperate with each other, and they must not think of themselves as from an ego perspective. It's not who listens to who or who does what. It's about the benefit of the overall company. If the company thrives, we all have bonuses. We all have money. We will all have credit. If the company loses, we will all lose our jobs. Basic and simple. If you think of it that way, people will have a different perspective, have a different approach of their relationship in between sales and marketing. Simple. Perfect. One of the best descriptions I heard of uh, revenue marketing is encouraging people to market as if they had to fund their salaries at the end of the month. Um, <laughs> <laughs> certainly, uh, Course is a sharper, sharper mindset. Well, look, Islam, thank you so much for an interesting thank conversation. You, thank you've, you so uh, much. You've certainly challenged me. I've, I've certainly been a revenue master that, you know, firmly believes that the leading indicator should be revenue. But I've, uh, through a conversation with you, I've, I've had to broaden that a little bit, I think. And uh, thank you for, yeah, challenging my thought process. And Islam, where can people find you online uh, if they want to look you up? You can Google me or you can just enter my name on LinkedIn or you can send me an email on islamgouda at hotmail.com. I-S-L-A-M-G-O-U-D-A at hotmail.com. Perfect. Islam, thanks for your time. Uh, thank you for uh, challenging some uh, set processes and we look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you so much, Sure. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us on Let's Talk Revenue Marketing. Don't stop now, there's more to explore. Dive into our other captivating episodes where we uncover revenue-boosting strategies, insider secrets, and inspiring success stories. Get ready to unleash your marketing potential and stay ahead of the game. Keep listening and enjoy the next episode.